We now have a passage that's interesting and a little unexpected, but very revealing in regard to our own faith in Jesus Christ, in regard to who we are and how we identify ourselves. It's in Romans chapter 6, this passage, that rather this chapter that's talking about our having died to sin. And uh, this is what it says, For he who has died to sin... Uh, Sorry, let me start that again. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Well, what's curious about this passage is that Paul starts talking about Jesus Christ and it, uh, his life and what happened to him. And we wonder, well, what does that have to do with us? Well, as you know, uh, in the last broadcast, I talked about the meaning of being freed from sin. Not that we never have any desire for sin anymore, not that we never sin anymore, but rather that we are counted as having been executed and died with, to our hum- natural humanity in Christ at the cross. And then he says, if we died with Christ, that is in the sense of since we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So the certainty of Christ's death means that we shall certainly live with him because he rose from the dead. So now he starts talking about Jesus, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Well, again, what does does that have to do with us? Think of it that what happened to Jesus happens to us ultimately when Jesus returns and when we enter into eternal life. Well, we've already entered into it by faith now, but when we literally enter into it. But also... What happens to Jesus is accounted as having as happening to us. So then we look at these verses and we say, well, that if, Christ, if Jesus was raised from the dead and dies no more, then I am raised from the dead and die no more. Now, of course, we do literally die in this life, but we are counted as having eternal life. He that believes in me, Jesus said, shall not see death. I'm an old man these days, and I have to ask myself, how shall I talk to my friends and uh, family about my death? Shall I say, well, I'll die one day, or when I go to home to my heavenly Father? I don't want to sound super religious and all of that, but on the other hand, I want to speak about death as more than simply the cessation of life. I want to speak about it as the entrance into life, because that's what it is. Jesus said, as I said, he who believes in me shall not see death. So that's a marvelous truth we have. We have this gift of eternal life. We could never earn it. We could never accomplish it ourselves. We don't have any power over life or death, but Jesus does, and he has said to you and to me, I'm going to give you eternal life. It's incredible, isn't it? 
Then, and then it says in verse 10, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. Oh, I see. So this isn't a normal death. It isn't an average death. It's not the death which is a cessation of life during, uh, owing to decay and old age. This death is a judgment death. It is a death to sin once for all. Not in the sense of not feeling sin anymore, not that Jesus did feel any sin, but a, a death in the sense of paying the judgment for sin, being executed for the sin and brokenness of the world. So when Jesus died, and when we die with him by faith and by proxy, we are dying to sin. That's why Paul is talking about this death to sin throughout this uh, chapter. That's what he's meaning. It's not, again I say to you, it's not a death to uh, never feeling any temptation anymore or never sinning anymore or never failing. It is a death to the identity of sin, to the judgment of sin, and to the execution of that judgment of sin. We have been freed from that. We are no longer under that judgment. And so it says, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Well, again, what has that to do with me? With me? Everything. Because what happens to Jesus does happen to you. First of all, accounted to you, and then it is yours in actuality of the second coming of Christ. So, the life that he lives, he lives to God. Again, it's not simply a physical dying uh, out of decay and old age and a physical life. It is a, a sin, a, a dying to the sin, the judgment of sin, and it is a living to God. So you and I are, uh, are resurrected to eternal life. But the wonderful thing is that that resurrection to eternal life is resurrection to living with God. So how do you deal with your daily life? Do you simply meet the frustrations and sigh? Do you end the day with, I'm fed up, I want to go to bed? Do you um, simply... Um, feel frustrated or irritated or angry or depressed or anxious? Or do you say, Lord, everything that went on today, I lived to you. Whether it was frustration over my boss, disappointment over my salary, fear or worry about my health, anxiety over my finances, Whatever it was, loneliness or depression, Father, I lived it to you. Remember the verse again? For the death that he died, he, that is Jesus, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. You live your life to God. And this is how you live it. You don't expect everything to be perfect. You don't live it only when you've had a smooth sailing day. You don't live it to God only when it's been smooth sailing. You live it to God whether it's been a downer or an upper. That's the wonder of it. And by the way, I missed something very important. For, he, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. 
You know, when I was a a legalistic and perfectionistic Christian years and years and decades ago, although the temptation's always there in one way or another, isn't it? I kind of thought that every sin and every failure and every forgetting of God was putting Jesus to death all over again. Look, you can't live like that. You can't live like that because it's constantly going back to the beginning. Oh, dear, I failed. All right, back to square one. Here we go again. And when people think with that mentality, they're not going to make progress. They're not going to break free from an addiction because they're constantly returning to the starting point. Uh, they've had 30 days free from alcohol, but then they fell off the wagon. Okay, back to day number one, start all over again, count to one to 30 all over again. No. What we understand is that Jesus died for sin once for all. He is resurrected without any taint of sin upon him. Not that he sinned in himself personally, but he took upon the sinful nature of humanity, the, the broken nature of humanity, without sinning. And we want to reckon ourselves to be dead to sin once for all, do you see? Once for all. It is a permanent thing. We don't go back. We look forward. Now you say, Colin, it all sounds very hunky-dory. It sounds hopeful. How do you know you're right, though? Well, of course, I know I'm right, not because I'm right, but because I'm following Paul's line of thinking and, and following the logic here. But there is a verse that's coming up that shows that I'm right on target. Here it is, verse 11, chapter 6, Romans. Likewise, you also, that is likewise, in the same way that Jesus uh, went through it, likewise, you also reckon yourselves... Did you get that? Reckon, that is impute, charge, consider as. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed and uh, to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, our life is a life of reckoning, of treating ourselves as if we were in that state, when we are not actually in that state right now. But it's reckoning ourselves. Let me tell you that this kind of thinking was what liberated me forever from legalism and perfectionism. When I was a legalist and a perfectionist, I didn't reckon myself dead. I tried to be dead. I tried to discipline myself to um, have even long night vigils of prayer, uh, get up at four in the morning often and try to pray for and, and read my Bible till eight in the morning. I mean, I fell asleep reading it. I couldn't handle it. But I, I, that's what I tried to do. Uh, I tried to remove all sights and sounds that reminded me of temptation. I tried to avoid situations where I would be in temptation. I was uh, in a state of what I call righteousness by avoidance. Not righteousness by faith, but righteousness by avoiding everything. I wasn't, I wasn't living. I was constantly trying to put myself to death. Isn't that pathetic? Of course it is. It's not the Christian life. It's a life of anxiety. It's, it's religious neurosis. That's what you have to understand about that. But when I learned that the gospel is that Jesus went through everything that I failed to go through, that he went through a perfectly uh, loved and lived life before God on my behalf, 
and then he died on my behalf as a judgment for sin and rose again on my behalf, then I understood that Christ was my righteousness on my behalf, that his death was counted as mine and that his resurrection was counted as mine. And therefore I live in a life, uh, how did somebody say it? In a life I did not live, in a death I did not die, I base my whole eternity. And that's what verse 11 means. Do you see? Let's read it again. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you're depressed and sorrowful, you say, you're able to say to your father, Father, I thank you that I may reckon myself in the resurrection of Jesus, even though my body and mind feel sad and dead, depressed and lonely. I thank you that in Christ I am with you in your home. When you have failed, uh, you do the same. Lord God, I failed you, but I praise you that this human nature of mine is reckoned as dead in Jesus Christ, and I'm reckoned as alive, and so this failure is not charged against me. When you are tempted and you don't know what to do because you can't get the thoughts out of your mind, Father, I praise you that this temptation is not the true me. I praise you that I'm reckoned in the resurrected life of Jesus. And you watch you will see much more growth and, and much more peace in the Lord. Well, thank you for joining me today. Colin Cook here, and uh, this is a program called How It Happens. You can hear it on your smartphone every day, any time of the day or night. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or spotify.com or podbean.com, and key in How It Happens with Colin Cook when you get there. I wonder if you would consider end-of-year donations. Your uh, donate, donations for all of the year are tax-deductible. If you would like to send an extra donation to, to cover to, so that it's tax-deductible, uh, please do so. But please request, make a specific request for a tax-deductible receipt because I only send them out to those who request them because most people don't need them. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.